in the country. You must fight to survive. And sometimes it's against people who are after you just because you were home. That's right. For the very first time ever, I watched The Strangers. First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride on a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, and no one to change my mind but Mama tried. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Attention Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time and give my nostalgia-free opinions on them. And today is a special episode. Yay! I ruined my guest streak, but we're back on our bullshit. We got a guest. It's a repeat guest. You love her. You know her. She's got a great YouTube channel, and she's been an amazing guest a couple of times, three times. I can't remember, but Shelby Knave's back on the show. Yay! Hey, it's me! <laughs> it's it's <a> me, Shelby. <laughs> this is my fourth time so we did black christmas we did halloween mean streets mean streets yeah so this is the fourth time okay we did halloween yeah that was the very first one i did was was that a reverse episode where you'd never seen it or did we no, just decide to I do halloween because we were like fuck it <laughs> no i was an expert on that okay. one that was the reason i think we chose it that was our meeting episode <laughs> okay yeah i mean that was fun I think I had seen it before, but I must have just been like, fuck it, it's Halloween. We're just going to do Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. So I have a Jennifer's Body episode where me and Jancy just get excited about Jennifer's Body. <laughs> it's like, I've seen Jennifer's Body. Both of us had seen Jennifer's Body like 16 times. That uh, is still one that you've recommended to me. I think every single time I've been here and I haven't watched <laughs> it. And I, I'm going to. I really want to. It's not everybody's cup of tea. It just really works for me. Just the, the tone of it. I like it straddles this line of like horror comedy, cheekiness, right. black comedy type thing. And I also think Megan Fox is incredibly underrated and it's probably her best performance. Like she's just fully in her element in that movie. But we're not here to talk about Megan Jennifer's Fox. body as much as I would love to talk about Jennifer's body some <laughs> more. Uh, but I can wax poetic on Karen Kusama all day. Uh, but we're here to talk about The Strangers. Uh, a movie that's you've thrown out a couple times, I think, and it was we were kind of dancing around. It's a movie that I think is, it's like okay, Jake, is The Strangers a classic? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty infamous movie. I I feel like it's influential in a way. It's like an unavoidable film when you talk to any horror buff, right? Yeah. Whether they love it or hate it, it seems like everyone has an opinion on it. And so it feels, it felt like a shame to have never actually sat down and watched it. So it seemed like a really fun movie to do for the show. And you were interested in doing it. I know you said on a recent watch, your opinions maybe changed on a little bit, but coming in, you were a big fan of it. Okay, I think. listen. So, yes, I'm going to say that I do love this movie. I think I've always kind of loved this movie. And I watched it when it initially came out in like 2008 or whenever it was. Mm -hmm. 
And it just... And you were like seven? (laughs) (laughs) I was not seven. I was like a young teenager, something like that. But it just scared the ever-loving shit out of me. And so I always kind of liked it for that sense because, you know, I watch horror movies all the time. Like, I'm at at the point where it's like, it takes a lot to, like, scare me. Sure. And this one just does that for me. I was re-watching it again last night for the thousandth time, as I was telling you earlier. (laughs) And... Yeah, I was making myself go into it with like an actual critical eye rather than like this movie that I loved ever since I was young. And yeah, as I was going through it, like point by point, I was like, okay, yeah, I can see why some people (laughs) have issues here. But I think at the end of the day, I'm always still going to like it. Horror, I think horror and comedy are very tricky genres Mm -hmm. because they live or die based on a very specific feeling that they're meant to evoke from you with comedy. Is it funny or is it not funny? (laughs) Like it really just comes down to that. Like I've seen movies that were meant to be comedies that were just good movies. Maybe I wasn't laughing my ass off the whole time, but generally it's like, if I try to think of a comedy that I like, it's a comedy that I laughed a lot while I was watching. Like, and I'm, I'm not, and everyone's taste is different, right? Yes. Like I can say super bad still makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> I'm sure some people think it's the dumbest fucking movie ever. I love that movie. Uh, great. <laughs> I feel validated. Uh, I, I love that movie. Uh, but at the same time, I think horror is the same. Yeah, it, because it, the different things scare people. Yeah. And so it, with a movie like this, some people watch it and they get really in that headspace of, oh my God, if this was me and we were being terrorized by these people, the the hook of this movie, and we'll just get it out in front. <laughs> the whole reason this movie works for some people is the randomness of it. It's, the, yes. it's in the title, The Strangers. Most killer, you know, Michael Myers is in Halloween. He's kind of just killing people randomly, but it's like, you can still kind of rationalize that in a weird way where you're like, he oh. He does have a focus on Lori. Yeah, but in this, it's just literally for no reason this couple's being terrorized. They yeah, just happen they to exist. Home. And that really trips some people's trigger. Yeah. And for some people, it's not the case, you know? Well, in addition to that, <laughs> just the entire concept of your home, you know, like your safe mm-hmm, space, mm-hmm. like that being invaded, I think that is one of the scariest things to me because, you know, I'm a homebody by nature. Yeah, yeah. To think that there's some creepy person lurking in like the dark corners of my house, like that's- sure. That's terrifying to me. Yeah, I have a pretty active imagination and I do have times where, like I was house sitting this weekend and it's a house that I'm not as familiar with and I was alone other than the dogs. If I hadn't had the dogs though, I probably would have been a little more creeped out. But when you have like animals in the house, Mm -hmm. you can kind of bank on, well, if there was somebody in the closet, I feel like. Buddy. They would let me know. I feel like Buddy would like be like, yo, there's something in this closet. <laughs> uh, like he might not do anything or whatever. It's kind of surprised because my cousins dropped off their dog partway into dog sitting this other dog. And she was like, uh, she will jump on the bed and sleep with you. I was like, she doesn't know me. But sure enough, the first time I'd known this dog for all of like two hours, <laughs> I laid down and the dog was like, hop curling up in your legs all right we're going to bed and i was like hmm you would be useless if the if the house was being invaded <laughs> but they would likely let you know yeah if they, there was they another be, person they'd be wandering around and stuff so yeah i don't know i feel like you don't see a lot of pets uh just signal singling out the killer i did laugh this is jumping way ahead but there's a moment when he's outside and the captions say like dog barking 
And then like no less than two minutes later, there's a line of dialogue where he's like, we're out here alone. I haven't even heard a dog out here. And I'm like, there was literally a caption like 30 seconds ago that said dog barking. See, that's so funny because I've never caught that. But I also, were you watching with subtitles? Yeah. Okay. I always yeah, watch I everything not. with subtitles. Yeah, I even wrote in my own notes. I was like, see, that's really creepy. He's coming to the realization that nobody is driven by. There's not even dogs around. I gotta say, also their house that's out in the country, it doesn't look like what you would imagine a house just out in the middle of nowhere to look like. It looks so suburban yeah. from the outside. I kept being like, they must have like CGI'd out the other houses that were just a weird, just you picture, always picture more of like a cabiny type look, not just this random single story, nothing house or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird house. Also like very, it feels very specific that the doors didn't have windows on them. So it's like, they couldn't just like be like, Who's on the porch? Because <laughs> there's like a moment yeah. when she's going up the door. Uh, but yeah, that's besides the point. But it just depends on what scares you. Like I've noticed for me, even though I firmly don't believe in like the supernatural to any extent, a lot of times supernatural horror movies will fuck me up. Mm -hmm. Like it follows for some reason really got under my skin. Like I had like a hard time going to sleep that night just because I was just laying in bed, just picturing the creature like wa walking up the stairs. Like every creak was like, hmm. Are they coming? Like, what's yeah. going on? Like, I don't tend to watch a lot of those, like, Conjuring or The Ring and all that Most stuff. Like, I don't, I don't really watch that stuff. <laughs> but it's also like, I don't love jump scares. They, they, they don't, I just, I don't really understand the point of them, I guess. Like, I There's guess. There's a few of those in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like a thrill. Like, you kind of get a little jump uh, and maybe it, like, gives you some adrenaline or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's just, it doesn't really do anything for me other than make me be like, oh, is this movie like going to give me like a stroke or whatever? <laughs> like... Yeah, I will say <laughs> that usually I'm not a big jump scare person either. However, when it comes to this movie, The Strangers, I feel like that they utilized it smarter than other horror films because there are so many, just like you said, long quiet moments mm -hmm. and then when they do do a little bit of a jump scare it's such a major difference in loudness after that and i think that that kind of at least for me gets my adrenaline pumping watching yeah that. i have to imagine that and a lot of times with horror movies i me as an audience member i'm doing them a little bit of a disservice by not you know i watched the movie today like it's like light out and i'm not yeah. like i'm not huddled in some dark room with like the speakers booming or whatever. I have to imagine this was probably a pretty fun theater experience. That's where I watched it the first like, time. Like if you're sat in a dark room with a bunch of people just kind of like quietly breathing and there's these long tense moments and you're just like waiting for the moment. It's different if you're like on your phone with like one earbud in. I'm not showing my ass here, but it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> how I watched the movie. It, it's kind of like uh, when I did the movie The Descent, I was pretty upfront about, I think I could have probably put myself in a better environment to watch the film, this claustrophobic cave movie. Yeah. And I'm just like sat there at my computer, just like looking at my phone. <laughs> like it's not drawing me in as well as like it could. And so I, I'm, I, I will say like, I'm a little mixed on this movie, but I am going to give it a couple points back for the fact that I didn't put myself in like the best headspace to be watching it. Yeah. Uh, and then and then because of like horror movies are tough, too, when you like kind of know the filmmaking business a little bit, too. Yeah. One of the things that I will say just up front about this movie in particular that bothers me 
is there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's for nobody but the audience. It's there's like this one of the biggest moments is Liv Taylor is Liv Taylor? Liv Tyler. Liv, Liv Tyler. Uh she's like crawling on the front lawn and that girl's like right behind her kind of walking up to her and she doesn't even know that she's walking up behind her and then she turns around and the girl's gone. And I was like who is that for? That's literally for the audience. And there's a yeah. lot there's a lot of moments like that where it's like like you know when there's like the guy she's like smoking and the guy's like in the background just kind of looking at her. That one's like okay, that's mostly for the audience, but I'm like he's just observing her at least. At least he's doing something in that moment. But all the shit where they're just like behind them or like when the uh the guy's like following Dennis menacingly but then not doing anything and then he just kind of ducks away i was like what like i'm just trying to like what were they doing <laughs> like like literally yeah. like what were they doing in the context of the movie <laughs> yeah well okay i will say with like the girls sneaking up on Kristen when she's crawling away and you know whatever and the other doll face girl who keeps appearing and disappearing i totally see why now in hindsight like that it's just like unrealistic yeah I mean, like are, do they have super human abilities and they're able to just disappear and show up places like i it freaked me out at the time it, it, it i have an issue with that now it reminds me of like that there's a really great shot in like the first scary movie when because it's they always it's a it's a horror movie trope where you look someone's standing out there you look away you look back they're gone, they're gone yeah. and in scary movie there's that shot where she looks out and he's watching her and the second she looks away, he, 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 he like turns and just starts, away, he yeah. starts like running like really goofily away because it yeah. is like and there's moments in this movie where they look someone's in the middle of the road. He goes, what's going on? He like looks to live. Tyler looks back. They're gone. If you think like logistically what had to have happened in that moment, it starts to become kind of comical. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that's where I was going with it. Like at the time when I watched this the very first time, I totally didn't see it that way. Now. Eh, yeah, kind of. But in what you were saying with when she was just smoking and, you know, the guys in the background, that I do think is very scary mm -hmm. and was used wisely just because, yeah, you can, that's the first time we had seen yeah. any of them. And they make a good and choice. Like all They're the, in the house. <laughs> all the killers, like, have white masks, so they, they pop in the background a little bit. Uh, you know, you see, and he's not even still, he's kind of, like, cocking his head a little bit and yeah. stuff. So, like, there's some, like, spooky stuff for sure. Uh, it is, it's funny cause this movie's very short, but it still feels like, it feels like they had the material for like 45 to 50 minutes of a movie and they're like, well, it's gotta be 80 cause it's a movie cause there's big stretches where, and I like a slow burn, mm -hmm. you know, but it does feel like a little repetitive. I almost like, I told you before we started recording, I had always thought maybe this movie was like, I kind of imagined that. I thought for sure where the movie was going was they were going to get caught like halfway through the movie and then they were just going to get the back half of the movie was going to be them getting like tested and tortured and like some kind of like saw movie or something. But no, they really don't get caught till like the last 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then they just get kind of slow stabbed and then that's, that's it. And I was just kind of like, Hmm, interesting. Cause it, it's like, yeah, part of the scariness of the movie is, the killers don't really have motives other than they clearly just like fucking with people. Yeah. But it is also like anytime you start trying to think about things from the killer's perspective, it's baffling. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, what was their, like clearly they must've the most enjoyment they must've gotten was them just fucking with them. Well, I think that is like a common thing throughout yeah. the whole time. It's like, they have so many opportunities that if they wanted to just kill them, they could have, but they're toying with them yeah. the entire time. They're trying to scare them. And yeah, with there being no motive and this just 
you know, there's clearly just twisted people out walking around doing this. Yeah. It felt uh, slightly Manson-y for sure. Yeah. Manson murdery. I mean, I wanted to, I was curious, like, and this goes, well, this will roll pretty smoothly into how the movie opens. Like how much, this is a big thing in movies. And I've been noticing it's kind of really reemerged recently is the idea that these things are based on a true story or whatever. Even non-horror movies like Air just came out in theaters recently. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's like this really big thing, and it's always been a thing, but it's even bigger now, it feels like, where if you can find some way to pretend that whatever this movie is is based on reality or based on a true story, for some reason, that's like going to make it much more impactful. I'm curious for you, like, are you... I th- I'm sure I think I've asked you this before because we've done horror movies, so I apologize if we're retreading common territory. But I mean, are you like a big horror podcast person? Like, do you listen to true crime stuff a lot? Or yes, so like- I feel like I consume something true crime probably daily. I follow <laughs> all the true crime YouTubers. I listen to podcasts. You know, all that business. I'm really into it. Well, I'm curious. Like, first off, like. Uh, what about that i mean you don't have to like i'm not like explain yourself uh <laughs> but i'm curious like what that does for you and then two do you feel like that is part of why this movie does so much for you as well because it seems like it is based on this horrific thing that happened yeah probably i think that just the sense that yeah they're basing it off of, off of true events and all that which by the way it's based off of i believe the Ketty murders which was real murders that happened however it wasn't a couple it was like a family Mm. that were in a cabin and then got tortured or whatever so it is i guess loosely based on true events but stretched it probably a lot like almost every movie that's based on true events yeah like aren't the conjuring movies based on true events yeah 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 so i don't know i mean yeah that probably ups the scary for me because i always i'm just so intrigued by that kind of stuff yeah my boyfriend asked me all the time he was like what enjoyment do you get out of watching stuff like this you've told me before that the strangers is like one of these scariest movies <laughs> to you. Like, why do you want to watch that and i'm like i don't know it's just oddly fun for me <laughs> yeah i don't know I've, I've i've listened to people try to pinpoint what it is because my whole family will sit and watch the id channel all day long and stuff and it's just like gruesome murder yeah. shit like I tried to listen to my favorite murder for a while, and after like two episodes, I would be so worked up from these horrific murders. I was like, "This is like not fun for me at all." I just it's like listening to someone who got their arms chopped off and they got kicked off a cliff or whatever. Yeah, it's just like I don't like this. I don't like knowing this happened. I I, I get the it's it's a really interesting thing, and it's become such a well. You know, we've always had sort of like you know mystery murders and stuff on tv but it feels like in the last like i don't know seven ish years or something like that it feels like it really ramped up Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like the the true crime phenomenon oh yeah (laughs) true crime community is gigantic now even here uh even here at the library one of our radio shows is like a murder show i'm i'm blank i feel bad i feel so bad because i want to shout it out it's uh what is the name of their show? It's really good, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'll think of it later. <laughs> I'm not going to sit and dwell on it. But like, literally, even here at our local radio station, mm-hmm. one of our more popular shows is these two ladies talking about crime stuff. And again, like, I I guess 
you know, it's it's worth diving into because like one of my favorite, I I minored in like women's studies in college, and I took a lot of like, and I was a, a media major, and so a lot of my classes actually were like gender portrayal and media and like that kind of like element in different sectors and stuff. And I mean, I feel like it's not. I don't like to put people in boxes or anything like that because everyone's their own person and has unique things, but it does feel like the true crime phenomenon is a largely female driven market. And I don't know what that's all about either. Like I've heard different people say like, well, you know, it's scary knowing it's out there, but it's, it's more real for us. And that's why we engage with it. Or it's like, maybe there's an element of like hearing what happened. Maybe I'll be prepared if it ever happens to me or I don't know. I mean, it, it weirdly reminds me of like back in the day we would watch like trashy reality TV where it's like, you are not the father. And we would just like eat that stuff up. And like, this is like the weird new version of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I really couldn't tell you on that one because I think that, you know, yeah, I think you're right that females probably are the driving force of the true crime podcast and stuff like that. Well, it but feels, I, I, it's consumable by everybody. And yeah, it feels like not only is the audience uh, a little skew a little bit more towards women, but also it seems like a lot of the hosts are also women and stuff. Like feels like a lot of like when I'm looking for podcasts and stuff, it's like the murder shows are all like two ladies just being like, Oh man, check out this fucked up <laughs> thing. And I'm just like, like my favorite murder uh, is, is two women. And even the show here, two women uh, it, it's, I don't really, it's, but I mean, the fact of the matter is probably like 90% of these fucking cases are also women victims. And it's this weird disproportionate thing that I don't really know how to put my finger on. I just know it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, and so how much, I mean, have you, I didn't have time to do a lot of research on this film. Like, is there a big old story behind this thing? Is it something that you've studied at all or? Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's like a, a big old story behind the thing other than it was inspired by, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called the Ketty murders is what they're known by. I'm going to feel okay. really bad if I got that wrong. And just, <laughs> I'll, I'll know, dub you over <laughs> spouting misinformation over here. But um, uh, other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if there are any big major, stories behind it i think the making of it is very interesting and how like the film itself yeah because like since it is so heavily driven by like <laughs> loud banging and sounds and like getting <laughs> reactions and stuff like that i thought it was really interesting that the you know the pas on set a lot of their jobs was just to bang on things and make noises but they wouldn't tell Liv tyler what they were going to do before oh, really? so the reactions <laughs> a lot of the time were actually pretty genuine Huh. Um, of her just being startled and spooked by, you know, these loud sounds and stuff like that. Found the name of the show. Oh. It's called Judgy Crime Girls. Oh. <laughs> Judgy Crime Girls. I knew it was something weird because I, I was talking to a friend about the show and I kept saying Judgy Crime Girls. And then a couple times into it, he was like, is that the name of the show? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I thought you were just calling them Judgy <laughs> Crime Girls. So I was like, nope, that's that's what they called their show. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they so, said it, not me. Yeah, check out Judgy Crime Girls, guys, if you like true, uh, uh, crime, true crime. <laughs> <laughs> I was like gonna say true murder. So <laughs> like, that's not a phrase. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it is like, how do you feel about like films that do sort of like they're based on like true murder? Because I mean, 
fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, it feels like even if this particular murder that you've mentioned, is it the Ketty murders, you said? The Ket- I feel the need to Google this and... Totally understandable. I, I just sat, I sat here and go- I, I sat here and Googled the radio show this whole whole time. So, but it's like presumably they discovered some dead bodies, and the rest of this is mostly speculation. Yeah, I, but it's also like I never know how to feel like when there was like real victims in a thing, and then they make like a movie based on it. It's like a, it's like a. There's like a guy who kind of makes these really trashy Hollywood movies recently where it's like he made like a Sharon Tate movie starring Hillary Duff and it's just this <gasps> like weird movie. And then he made he one. the same one that uh, made the, uh, the Bundy one as well. Yeah. I think, I think, he made, I think he made a one. It was either the, I can't remember who it was, but it's, I, I never know how to feel about it. Sometimes it feels a little, it depends on the approach to the subject matter. I suppose if it's very, sensationalist and it's just trying to take advantage of a story and it's not being like handled with care that always feels kind of grody you know uh, whereas there are ways to tell people's tragic stories in like a more tasteful artful way you know mm-hmm. this, this movie's a little mixture i would say it seems like it's very sympathetic towards our lead characters and tries to like paint them as people or whatever but again it also Spends a lot of the movie just like banging on doors and trying to scare the audience and stuff. <laughs> but it also kind of puts you in their headspace too. So it's interesting. Sorry, my phone's not loading. No, I know the <laughs> director that you're talking about because he made The Haunting of Sharon Tate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't know. All of his films I find to be pretty disrespectful towards. I mean, that's what I've heard. I, I've never sat down and watched any of them because I've heard nothing but bad things about it i watched the bundy one and as i was watching this my boyfriend and I, we were like what is this this isn't even how like the story went and it's just so like what what's happening right now uh but yeah i don't know it's this one doesn't feel too distasteful no uh, i didn't think so either i mean granted it is a couple and not like a mom and three kids sure. that apparently the real murder was but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny because like even even you know spoilers for the end of the movie like when they're being murdered it kind of keeps like cutting to these like sort of tasteful outdoor shots where i kind of liked that you know it felt a little on the nose but it was like uh it's like they're being stabbed and they're just seeing like the tree like there's just nobody around to help them or whatever it, it kind of worked for me yeah uh but yeah i mean i guess that's might as well get into the movie. I will say, do it. if you've got notes, like feel free to chime in as much as you want. Well, I my, will follow along with my notes. My notes are very sparse. Oh so. boy, maybe <laughs> I should lead us through this one. <laughs> you're more than welcome. At any point, please feel free to take the reins because I, with the movie that you're so much more familiar with, yeah, it, I, it's gonna feel like I'm just jumping over huge things to you. Stop me and just be like, well, I really like this detail or I like this moment or there's chances that there's probably like all sorts of shit going on in the background that I just didn't you notice. You might have missed it. Like, so, yeah. So, please, at any at any point, stop me. Uh, we open with, like, this really interesting voiceover narration. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's voice is just like, okay. Yeah, I think they probably could have done without that in hindsight. I feel like they shouldn't have even referenced it being a true story at all. They should have just started the movie with, like, the ominous montage of very normal-looking houses. Yeah, they 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 give you a, a really weird double whammy where it's just like, 
back and blah 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 the two people where they didn't know or whatever the hell he said i didn't write any of it down but then we get that and they're like just in case you didn't know this was murdery enough we're gonna open with these two mormon kids like screeching on a 911 call being like there's blood everywhere oh, help us which also that phone call is so weird in juxtaposition to like how you see them at the end of the movie where they're just sort of like lifelessly wandering around the house they didn't seem that freaked out to me it just didn't match the energy it was weird uh, but also they're mormons right or i don't know what they are they're just like uh or what's the other one not mormons but uh jehovah's witness maybe um, these yeah. kids uh i guess we just send eight-year-olds out on their bikes to hand to walk out. their bikes <laughs> <laughs> into the middle of nowhere apparently because <laughs> that's like the whole point of this movie is that it's in the middle of nowhere Yes. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it's my note just says Mormon kid crying on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, so we we get like these yeah, you, you're right. It opens like this montage of these like seemingly normal houses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of doing some interesting stuff with the frame rate it seems like. Uh and we sort of meet our two characters. I know one of them's named Jamie and the other one's Kristen. Yeah, James and Kristen. James and Kristen, because they yell each other's name a lot. In this All movie. the time. Uh, and they're, they're sat at a stoplight. They're both in the car. They seem very solemn. Uh, we'll yeah. come to find out pretty quickly that it's like i'd never seen it so i was like i think they're fighting i don't know what's going yeah, on yeah she here. was like crying but for me i was like instantly intrigued it's like okay what's going on with this couple i like the commitment to it. it's just quiet and awkward and i was like what's going on here and they get to this cabin and he's like set it up for this big romantic thing and he's like kind of awkwardly being like uh yeah me and mike set this up i didn't know and she's like uh it's nice uh, and he's just like eh. and like he's, he's it's super awkward like in a good way yeah i was kind of drawn in I, I was drawn in by this beginning where i was like oh this i i could see the much different version of this film that's just like a mumblecore movie where this couple spends the night talking after she reject we find out pretty quickly they were at a wedding he brought her outside and and like the <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> he, he was gonna propose to her yeah. and she cl- we're getting the sense it's like clearly she rejected it yeah. but i mean what do you expect you don't propose to somebody at somebody else's wedding yeah. that was your first mistake S- super weird also the placement uh, he like carries her outside to the i guess the parking lot yeah. uh he's <laughs> the like perfect spot <laughs> and he just kind of pulls out a ring doesn't even go down on a knee like come on man uh but <laughs> it's just he's kind of like he says like i have a What's he say? I have a question to ask you or something like that. Or I need to talk to you about something. Yeah. Uh, it's super weird. Uh, props to the movie for never just for at least letting the audience do some of the math. You never see her like say no. Yeah. But you can put the pieces together, obviously. But <laughs> I really appreciate just they're playing it really well. It's super awkward because it's like and it is weird because it's not like they broke up. She just rejected his marriage proposal. Yeah, she's not ready yet. But he obviously is taking it almost kind of like it's a breakup. He's kind of talking like, you know, they talk about like canceling the road trip later. And it, it's just, he gets like a full pint of ice cream out at one point and just start, starts going <laughs> He had to my heart there. It was like, oh, it's so sad. And she's like being all sad sacky in the bathtub and stuff. And uh, there's like candles and rose petals everywhere. He bitterly calls his friend mike who we'll meet later which is uh dennis glenn howell dennis from always sunny he gets uh <laughs> three lines of dialogue in the movie and then he gets his face shot off 
Spoilers. Bye, uh, Dennis. <laughs> bye, Dennis. <laughs> Gotta have my tools. <laughs> <laughs> There's a podcast I listen to. They do Always Sunny, like, drops a lot. So I've just, like, always... There's this part where like they do the tools thing all the time because one of them has like bells and stuff that he rings for certain moments. Every time he's like, "I don't have my bell," and they just always put the, "I can't, I can't do it without my tools. I have tools." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but and they they've been doing the nightman thing a lot. Uh, it's like the nightman, yep, nightman <laughs> <laughs> inside me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get to Glenn Howell later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so. It's like, is there anything like in this opening chunk? Because this goes on for like 15-ish or so minutes. And again, I was like leaning in a little bit, but then it gets a little, like it doesn't really go anywhere, which is I was a little frustrated with. Like we, we do get, I like sort of the awkwardness, but there wasn't anything like progressing and we were just kind of living in it, which is fine. And then they kind of are like, eh, I guess we could still, you know, bang one out here <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> perhaps I interpreted it a little in, more endearing than that. I don't know. I guess it just, for me... No, I'm, just, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for me, during that first many moments in the beginning of the film, it really kind of established a comfortable environment mm-hmm. in my eyes. Like, it's a family home... Like all the colors and stuff, they're pretty warm and inviting. The fire, the music. I think pretty early on we see Chekhov's shotgun uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the mantle, literally. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I feel. No, for that's these a good characters. point. We do, we do uh, also do a good job of like establishing the environment, which I will say, uh, one of the other uh, more recent horror movies that done the, on this show was The Purge, and mm. that's a complete opposite thing where I. The Purge does the worst job setting up the geography of the place that I've ever seen in a movie in my entire life. <laughs> it is atrocious. That movie is so bad. Uh, but I felt like, I'm like, there's the kitchen. There's the bedroom. There's the bathroom. Like I, I never felt super confused about the layout of the house, which is nice. Yeah, uh, and I think when they made this, too, they did have a house for all the exterior shots, but then they built the inside of the house in a sound st- soundstage. So. Especially a lot of times when you're going to be, like, destroying the set later. It's yeah. just convenient to build it. Uh, yeah. I don't really know what the budget for this was. I could probably do a little Google Foo on that. I think it was a lot smaller than what they made. I want to say, like, $9 million or something. I, would ima- I can't imagine this cost too much, and I feel like it was kind of a hit. So Yeah. No, I, was, I think I- when I looked it up... But- I could be wrong. I think they had a budget of around nine million and made like over a hundred million. Nine nine mil taking in eighty three at the box office. That's a hell of a oh, that's a hell of a thing. Okay, not quite a hundred, but I mean that's just that might just be domestic. I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know if horror movies do very well overseas or not, but yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's a classic. Like a big shout out to like A twenty four and Blumhouse, like mm-hmm. keeping the lower budget movies alive. Where I just. I, you know, and I'm I'm biased as a low budget filmmaker myself where I like seeing these movies being made for like two, three, five million dollars because it's like all you have to do is have one of them kind of hit and it basically pays for all these other movies. I mean, if you think of something like Paranormal Activity, like yeah. that movie costs nothing to make, but it's huge. Yeah, the big one like Skinamarink, I haven't seen it, but that was made for $15,000 and like it got a theatrical run and, of course, made its budget back a million times over. Or just even, like, Get Out, I think the budget for that was, like, $5 million. Mm-hmm. And that movie made, like, a fuckload of money. <laughs> and all you need is, like, one hit like that, where instead there's a lot of studios that are trending towards making these 
fucking $250 million movies. And the only way they'll be successful is if they make a billion dollars. And it just seems like, like, yeah, we need big blockbusters, but it just seems weird that more studios aren't taking big swings like this. Is all you, you just have five characters running around and like they stab each other occasionally and it makes like 90 million dollars <laughs> like <laughs> yeah no it's pretty insane i'm curious how do you feel just in terms of like from a pure objective filmmaking standpoint i couldn't tell how i felt about like the cinematography of the film i felt like it was a little too dark um like i had a really hard time seeing things at certain moments as you're watching it in the day (laughs) yeah to be fair like but i mean like i was in the dark and like i had my phone like the light cranked like all the way up just so like i wasn't because it's like this is the kind of movie where you're expecting people to be hiding in the shadows all the time but even like just the lighting on their faces like it's competently done but i feel like and this is a movie from 2008 so that's a that's a weird time for low budget filmmaking um I, i didn't love the way it looked but it didn't look like shit either yeah Uh, i feel like that's kind of how i feel about it too like it didn't knock my socks off by any means but it was good enough that it had me like i i was intrigued in it and also too like i pretty much only watched this movie in the pitch darkness alone by myself so (laughs) i it obviously just being in the way darkness on tv or Good whatever night, man. <laughs> you you see you see everything you know and sure sure um but i will say that there are certain moments in the film where i just feel like the composition is really nice and mm-hmm. off-putting to me and it's but in a good way and it's usually during those times when there's somebody i did i did i did appreciate like there's pretty decent wide shots in the film yes uh and and you don't see that a lot anymore like people are very afraid of wides these days yeah it's always Uh, just up close which is fine but i think the wide shots were kind of essential in this kind of film Mm -hmm. but i think of something that i saw recently like uh, ironically uh now i'm doubting myself because i've been saying nightman so much (laughs) uh but i'm pretty sure it's called the night house yeah the night house so like the night house is like a movie i want a horror movie i watched fairly recently and it didn't knock my socks off, but it's gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. I really liked the way it looked, and so, but it didn't look bad. Like the 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 lighting was fine. It worked, just a little dark, a little like could I felt like the could have been a little bit more cinematic. But yeah, no, I I think the correct term for it is fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not I, bad, not great, but it was fine. I, I looked up the director. It doesn't seem like he's made a whole lot. I and I think this was his first writer directorial. Thing. I mean, the problem is a lot of times I look these guys up on uh, Letterboxd, which typically only has their films. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these people are like big time, like working TV directors and stuff. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and take a little glance at his IMDb just to make sure he's not only directed four things, but. <laughs> I will say that's another good question. Uh, it's not a good question, but I'm curious. Uh, have you seen any like the sequels or anything like that for the strangers? Yeah. No, no. I, really no. interesting. I, I just really think you're that... like, they nailed it. I never need to see another one. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a perfect movie. No corrections can be had. Um, but no, I just typically, especially with horror movies, I'm just not a sequels person. I feel like usually they have that one that is awesome or just really good and spooky, and then they try to milk the franchise, and then they have a million movies related to it that are just turned dumb and 
It kind of takes the magic away from the original. I have heard some people say they quite liked the other ones, but I have no clue. But the same, I've heard people say the same thing about some of the Purge movies. I'm like, mm-hmm. some, some people claim they get better after the first ones. So I don't know. Brian Bertino, he has only directed four things. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Brian. <laughs> Did an okay job. What's up, Brian? Love your movie. Been watching it for years. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sometimes you hit. I mean, I literally just last night recorded the Leaving Las Vegas episode. And that director is another director that I was completely unfamiliar with. And you look up his body of work and it's like, eh, he's like made some movies. None of them really seem to be hits. It's like he had the one movie that got a bunch of awards and it's not really been anything since. Like it was competently directed. Like Mm -hmm. they're obviously not hacks or whatever, but yeah. So uh, they're, you know, having a moment of togetherness, I guess we'll say. Uh, rather yeah. than bang one out like I said <laughs> earlier, but they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had a moment of affection. <laughs> but they get interrupted by a knock at the door. The first, first of many knocks at the door. Yes. Uh, first of many loud noises. They open the door. There's this girl in shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did appreciate the. He tries to turn the light on and it doesn't. And then later, after she leaves, like he has, to, he screws in the light bulb. Like, clearly, she unscrewed the light right. bulb. So that's a nice little touch, but. Like is Tamara here? Is Tamara here? Tamara here? (laughs) No, you got the wrong house. Are you sure? See, that's creepy. Like, why would you ask that? Of course, I'm sure I live here. He's like, it's because he's like, it's four. I will say this is so weird. He's like, it's like four o'clock in the morning, and then they're like, cut, smash, cut to a a clock, and it's four o'clock in the morning. I was like, yep, it's four o'clock in the morning. Thanks. I mean. Just want to make sure you knew <laughs> Just really the time needed, of day. Needed the clock shot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she wanders off. They're like, oh, that was weird. But their momentum's been interrupted Squashed. a little bit. The, so. the mood has been ruined. And Kristen is all like, I'm out of cigarettes. And so then. Turns out she's a liar later. <laughs> no, that's part of it. <laughs> It's not she's a liar. It's that somebody left her one and she oh. didn't even realize. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I didn't pick that up. Okay. That's yeah, funny. I'm, I'm full of all of these things. I, I'll bring them up <laughs> as we go along. But um, um, I mean, my, my, my note just says goes to get cigs. She mopes around. So yeah, no, <laughs> he, he goes to get the cigarettes because he wants to go on a drive or whatever. Yet she just kind of wanders around the house. And I don't know. I was like, where is he going at four o'clock in the morning to get cigarettes? Like, I guess some gas stations, especially back then, were maybe. I'm so used to like this post COVID world where fucking nothing is open after yeah. 11 o'clock anymore. This is 2008. <laughs> Everything's open all night, I guess. She has like a whole, like, there's a really funny back and forth where she's like, I'm out of cigarettes. He's like, I'll go get you some. She's like, That's not what I meant or whatever. He's like, No, I want to go on a drive. And she's like, I'll just go to bed. And I'm like, You should go to bed. It's five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> He's like, You won't. I was like, What are they talking about right now? How are you not exhausted? Yeah, well, if you think, if if I were in her shoes, and I just got proposed to and rejected it, but I'm still, like, in love with this man, and I know that I just broke his heart, I don't think I would be able to just fall asleep, and I also feel like I wouldn't know what to say. So by just being like, I'm out of cigarettes, just to, like, fill the noiseless room, (laughs) I feel like I would say something like that. So I kind of relate to her in that sense that she might have just been saying something to fill the silence. No, I I, kind of did appreciate the very human touch of her being like, no, I wasn't trying to insinuate anything (laughs) because that is like that's a conversation that everyone's had where it's like you say something and they're like, 
all right, I get it. And you're like, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to tell you to like go do something. And you just, just like just stating a fact. <laughs> they make a really big deal of him making a fire for her before he leaves. Well, <laughs> they had to draw attention to it for later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he makes a fire. He leaves. She, I don't know, like listens to some music. Yeah, they have the record player going. She tries on the ring. Yeah, that he got her, and it got stuck on her finger. <laughs> Stupid. But I mean, she's kind of examining it. You can kind of in her headspace this is very uh reminder it's 2008 they don't just have internet shit everywhere because i was like oh, what would you do if you're just alone in this house with no cell phone no tv just like and don't want to go to bed left with your own thoughts and shit yeah uh th- that is one thing that and, and you know maybe i'm off base saying this but i feel like they established this interesting through line with this couple and what they're dealing with but it never feels like it goes hand in hand with like the events of the story. You know what I mean? It feels like a slightly missed opportunity to like lay this groundwork for this couple, but then it never really super pays off other than at the end, she's like, I love you. And then they die. (laughs) But it's like, I don't know. I didn't really feel if it was trying to go for any sort of metaphor, it went over my head. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I'm not sure if their particular relationship was supposed to mean any sort of thing. Yeah, but it definitely got me intrigued. And it's kind of hard because, like, the whole point of the movie is that this is random. Yeah, or whatever. But it still feels like there could have been. It would have been like you've established this strained relationship. Mm -hmm. It might have been interesting to see that come into play a little bit more as they're trying to survive. But it really doesn't. But then again, if the movie's trying to be realistic, it's like doesn't matter what our relationship is in this moment. If someone, three people start trying to kill me and you, I think we're just going to work together. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to try to survive. Like even if we were having an argument earlier, it's like, okay, we're, there's other shit going on here. Uh, We'll put this on hold. We'll return to it later. (laughs) But the, the thematic and metaphor lover film in me wanted a little bit more. Yeah. But I could see that for sure. I could see, I just, I felt like there was room for it is all. It'd be one thing if I was trying to put something in that there was no space for but it felt like there was. There was. There were uh, a lot of really <laughs> slow, long moments, which definitely built tension, but could have probably sure. been utilized. And I and I appreciate more. how sparse the dialogue was. Like it does feel realistic. It's not like, yeah, we're on a podcast, so me and you are like talking a lot. <laughs> but in your day to day life, are you having these super huge, long, extended conversations twenty four seven? The quiet, uh, the embra- being able to embrace the quietness is. I do appreciate that for sure. Um, but is there anything like, I mean, she does like there's stuff, there's a smoke detector, the fire, she's wandering around, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I balls in your court for any of this. Uh, like my next note is literally like jumps straight to like Jamie showing up. So if there's anything when she's alone that you want to hit, please, by all means. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So while she's alone, um, she puts her like friggin' bridesmaids dress back on for some reason, which just like, (laughs) I need to know, I need to meet a girl who would do that, who gets home from a wedding. It's four in the morning and you put your bridesmaid's dress back on because I don't know any of them. So yeah, she's wandering around. She does the little key strum thing on the piano, which kind of comes back later. She cracks open a beer and then there's another slam on the door. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the door and is like, hello, like through the door without actually opening it. And that's when the girl had returned. Yeah. And was like, asked her again, is Tamara here? <laughs> she was like, you already, Tam- you already came by here. <laughs> And she was like, are you sure? And it's like, girl, <laughs> what do you mean? 
Um, <laughs> that, that's like my mental state in that moment. But yeah, so this clearly like freaks her out and stuff. And that's when she's going to call James. But her phone is obviously dead. So she goes to plug it in or mm-hmm. whatever and uses the landline. And while she's on the landline, you know, the line cuts. Like he doesn't hang up on her. It cuts. But that's also when she notices the cigarette laying there when she literally previous said previously said that she was completely out of cigarettes so it's like where did that one come from okay yeah yeah um yeah and so the fire alarm goes off whatever she N- nice of the killers to give her one last smoke yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna need this it's kind of like um, a firing squad exactly <laughs> here's your blindfold here's your cigarette <laughs> yes but um so when the the fire alarm falls off the ceiling and stuff which later i don't know if you caught this it's like on the chair. There. Yeah, it was nicely placed on the chair. So it's like clearly somebody's there. Somebody took her phone. Well, some like something had to have happened with the fireplace too, because it was fine. Oh yeah, someone had to have turned the like little shoot or whatever. Yeah, like, flap the... thingy to cause the fire alarm to go <laughs> she, off. She was like dipping very dangerously into the fireplace to try to like get that shoot back open. I was like, literally, she's gonna get like Hansel and Gretel here, just like someone just light boot to the back of her butt and she's in the fireplace <laughs> <laughs> like just done <laughs> yes. Yes. but yeah no i mean when she has she's just walking around weirdly with her cigarette you can tell you can tell that she senses something's wrong but that's right. when we actually for the first time get to see that the guy's in her house yeah and that's probably one of my favorite shots in the entire movie is when he just appears from the dark corner mm-hmm. at some point it ramps up enough to like they start sort of like trying to not the thing is like they're obviously not trying to get in they're just kind of fucking with her but it ramps up while she's alone enough that she like calls James and is like you got to get back here and blah 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 she gets a knife she like mm-hmm. runs into the bedroom she like I don't know what she was doing with the lamp I didn't could not figure out how to turn off a lamp I guess <laughs> yeah no she's like slamming it on the ground and stuff and I'm just like what are you doing well also too this is a complaint that I had with Kristen Last night, the entire time I was watching, she is so loud. <laughs> no matter what she's doing throughout the movie, she is always so loud. <laughs> it's life or death, man. Yeah, be quiet. <laughs> but she's hiding in the bedroom, and then someone comes to the door, and it's it's James. He's back. Yeah, they had a little, like, tricked you out there for a second. <laughs> yeah. you, you could feel it start rising and the tension, and then it was just him. And it's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, he's immediately, like, very dubious of her claims, which I was like, dude, like, she yeah. is clearly freaked out. Yeah, and he's no, like, I always hate it. He's so dismissive towards her. There's no one in the house. It's fine. Whatever. It's just like, dude, she's, like, literally so freaked out she cut her own hand. Like, yeah. you don't think something's going on. Yeah. It's just, there's so many points in the movie where you just are, the part, I mean, and you know what's coming, so obviously it's not quite in the same headspace as them, but you're just, like, just go just like run into the woods it doesn't matter you're going to be so much better off if you just pick a direction and start booking it mm-hmm. as opposed to everything else they do in this movie <laughs> yeah no there there are a lot of mistakes that happen later on this movie. to be honest i think that the second half is probably my my latter favorite half than the first sure just because of all the poor decision making but yeah so jamie's here they he like he's like i left my cell phone out in the in the car and she's like, no, don't. They're out there. He's like, shut up. I can't remember if he, <laughs> if he gets, I don't think he gets the gun at this point. I think he just no. marches out there. And I think they got his phone. 
which I guess they knew the phone was in his car. I don't know. Well, because that's a whole <laughs> that comes back too. I don't know if you. Well, yeah, they they like put his phone back inside at some point, but I'm also like, why did they know his phone was? I guess they were just immediately got in his car and started rooting around or whatever. Yeah, because I think they slashed his tires too. Yeah, which I was like, I don't care if my tires are slashed. I will drive on rims. Like, <laughs> yes, that's what my boyfriend says too. He was like, this movie does not make sense. You can totally drive on flat tires. Like, I don't believe that they wouldn't have been able to escape. If it's a life or death situation, <laughs> you don't drive on rims because you don't want to wreck your car. Yeah. But if it's a, if it's a life or, life or death, I, I will drive on the rotor. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they tried, this movie... Ben's this is very classic like late 2000s horror where the movie's trying really hard to bend over backwards to give you excuses as to why they can't just call for help or escape or whatever because at some point they do get in the car but then they show up with a truck and like block the car in so it's like eh, maybe like they have Liv Tyler trip over nothing so that she has a sprained ankle so she can't run away anymore because it gets to the point in the movie where you're just like, literally just run any direction. But like, nope, she has a sprained ankle. Oops. It's like, there's just moments where I feel the screenwriter poking out a little bit like, oh, actually, no, uh, she's going to go to the barn instead. And they got a radio. Oh, but then they break the radio. The phone's that Horror has been a tough genre ever since the invention of the cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I do feel for people making horror and having to deal with that. It sucks. I mean, I do think we've seen a trend of horror movies taking place in the past recently because i think literally someone sits down and goes hate fucking cell phones what if this took place in the 90s what if this was a 70s movie <laughs> like i swear that's just the only reason at this point it's not even the aesthetic it's just like cell phones ruin every plot uh, yeah but- well i mean they did eliminate them in this movie but yeah no I, I guess they just i don't know if when james went back to the car if there was somebody in the back seat that like poked him on the neck or whatever yeah because like you'd think after he'd felt that he would maybe look there <laughs> but he doesn't but i guess if there was someone in the back seat it would make sense that they would be able to snag his phone yeah so no phone for james no phone i think that yeah so the killers start ramping it up again and this time james is like oh i guess some stuff is going on <laughs> Uh, so I think they, someone might be trying to hurt us. <laughs> they go and get Chekhov's shotgun. Uh, they try. There's a there's a lot of funny business with the shotgun where they he's trying to get the gun and then he's trying to load it and he doesn't really know how to load it. And there's this really weird exchange of dialogue where she's like, "I thought you said you went hunting with your dad all the time." He's like, "I yeah, I didn't or whatever. I just, yeah, said, I just that. said that." What, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> to be honest, I wrote that in my notes too. I was like, that was such an odd exchange that I don't really know what to take from it like, are you trying to tell me that like they didn't know each other as well as she thought or like i'm also like what was this lie based on like he was trying to impress her by saying he used to hunt like yeah <laughs> but yeah so it's like it's really weird and probably if i were in her position just to be like okay this whole time you've been telling me you know how to operate this weapon now we're here in a life or death situation and you're telling me you don't know how to operate this weapon <laughs> like uh but let me do it so they end up in the bedroom and they're watching the door. It's like the, it's kind of funny. Cause this is like the one thing they do. That's like kind of smart where they just find a corner that they can't be snuck up on and they post up and they're watching the door. But unfortunately it's time for Dennis from always sunny to show up. Mm-hmm. And he like, again, it's like, it's tough. Cause he's like, I just, I don't see how you walk. I don't see how you walk into a house that looks like this 
with the door smashed in and all this stuff and you're not like calling alarmed. out well, not <laughs> alarmed you're not calling out for them constantly when he first walks in he calls their names but then to make this bit work where he ends up getting shot in the face mm. they kind of just have him be silent walking around where all of this would have been alleviated if he just was like james james well, he did do that before he actually entered the house. And right. this was like when James and Kristen barricaded themselves in whatever that room was with all the boxes. Um, one of the killers had walked in and put this like country record on. Yeah. So I don't know if like they just couldn't hear Mike calling yeah. for their names or something. But yeah, I mean, you could tell that Mike was like, okay, something really weird is going on here. He's like creeping through the house or whatever yeah i don't know if he thought that but the thing is when he first shows up someone like throws something through his windshield yeah like a rock <laughs> or something destroys his windshield to be honest if that were me i think i would leave and call 911. <laughs> i'm not sure if i would be brave enough to just yeah i just i, I don't situation. know what was going through his head because it'd be one thing if he rolled up saw their car was all messed up and saw the house was messed up you would assume oh man james called me earlier and said things were bad but what the fuck happened here? But when he two seconds with him, him two seconds within his arrival, someone chucks a rock through his windshield, and he's still kind of like, "What's going on, Where are my friends?" <laughs> oh, I better go. Like it's super. It's like eh, I don't know. But he comes up to the door. James, as soon as he sees a figure, pulls the trigger. Uh, yep. <laughs> Which that moment to me is quite heartbreaking to think that you're here trying to just like defend your life and your girlfriend's life or whatever you end up killing your best friend yeah they try to kind of have an emotional moment where he like crawls out and he's like he has like a life he's like, he was my best friend he was my best friend <laughs> well i mean for me it's just shocking yeah like if i were in that situation like i would probably shoot at the first figure that came walking i don't by. blame him for what he did I, I i i'm not trying to victim blame but i blame mike for, it's like if you are in that situation you never stop calling for them yeah like, the fact that he said their names twice and just started kind of moseying around i'm like did he deserve to get shot no but it's like but i'm also like if i'm james and Kristen, sucks to suck mike i'm still sitting in that room with my gun I I I will I will sit there for five fucking days. I don't care. Yeah, I will. No. Sh I will shit my pants before I leave that room. It's no, that is where I last night I came to the determination that I was like, this is the mistake that trumps all of the other mistakes because at this point, you know, Kristen and James they're barricaded in this room where yes, the killers know where they are, but they also know that they're there with a loaded gun. So really, they kind of have the high ground. Yeah, it was the dumbest decision to leave that room right and just going back to uh when mike was walking down the hallway and we see the guy with the axe creeping up behind him and stuff <laughs> um i feel like even if mike made himself known the guy would have just like took him out anyway like i feel like mike was gonna die regardless whether james killed him or maybe the guy i don't know him. what these killers were up to because like <laughs> he stalks him but then just kind of I mean, maybe I'm sure the killers thought it was funny that the guy killed his own. Also, I was la I was watching a YouTube review and they're like, when like, because the time between him shooting Mike in the face 
and them seeing killer written on the window is pretty short. Mm -hmm. So it's like they clearly someone ran, booked it over to that window and like wrote killer on the window. And they were like, Tee -hee -hee -hee. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention earlier when someone wrote like, hello, all yeah, the hello walls everywhere. in the bedroom, which that creeped me out the first time I saw it. <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in lipstick or something. I don't know. Also, uh, I guess it's worth mentioning. We, we had that terrible thing where I tried to parse through the female demographic of true murder shows, but interesting choice that it's a one guy killer and two female killers. Like I think most people, if you know your serial killer statistics, uh, it's like 99% male. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the dudes. Interesting. That, that's another part that makes it feel a little bit more Manson-y because mm -hmm. it feels like the Manson family is like one of the only like, you know, female dominant groups that was like doing murders oh, yeah. and shit <laughs> so oh, yeah <laughs> i don't know i guess this guy's got the riz he i i don't know i don't know what the killer's story is like how did they meet did they meet in a chat room somewhere are they related <laughs> are they friends from college is this just similar interests they share yeah i don't know are they just like i, I like i want the pre i want the strangers prequel where they meet each other <laughs> <laughs> they all show up to kill the same person at the same time like you're here for I'm here for Do you want to like do it to get laugh? <laughs> I don't I don't know what their story is. It feels like it was insinuated that one of them's fairly new at the very end cuz she gets the pamphlet and the kids like are you a sinner and she's like sometimes. I was like ooh <laughs> creepy. Uh but she gets back in the truck and you hear the other girl go it'll be easier next time. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like okay <laughs> like, but implying that they're gonna do it again and it'll probably be just as random and for sure but it also was like it just made me go what is their deal <laughs> yeah no, what's wrong with them i don't have a clue it just, but that's part of the scary yeah it, it's part of the scary and, and that's fine like I, i'm fine that we never see their faces and all that stuff but i'm also just like i literally just logistically i'm how do these fucking people meet i don't understand <laughs> Uh, but and then one of them's news so this was like her training wheels kill like i, I don't her initiation <laughs> she's like, like going into the mob like maybe they're in a cult i don't know uh and then that's fine i don't need those answers it just was funny to think about uh but yeah they try to get out with the car their tires are slashed which i will say the tires are slashed and they still are like fuck it we're out of here so props to them they do try to drive away but they get boxed in by the truck mm -hmm. they kind of scramble out uh, I think this is, it gets kind of chaotic here. Yeah, so uh, after Mike dies, rather than being smart and just staying in the room, James is like, I'm going to go to the barn. I'm going to go <laughs> go to the room. Oh, yeah, I'm that's right, because I said, I said out loud when I was watching the movie, I was like, yeah, good idea, split up. No, I was, <laughs> I was like, okay, stupid decision number one was leaving the room. Second stupid decision was splitting up. And like, I don't know if they necessarily know there's three killers at this point. But I was like, you are, yeah, bad. You, no, no, you stay here. I'm going to go to the barn. There's a radio. You stay here where we've already confirmed there's been somebody in this house and we don't know where they are now. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go there. Yeah, but he goes out there. He gets, he just gets got at some point. Well, like, I mean, it's like, what did you expect? Like, <laughs> yes, it's dark out, but good thing you're wearing this bright ass white shirt that you can <laughs> see. And uh, it's just. It's it's tried to it's kind of off screen like you hear a gunshot you don't really know what happened at this point Kristen's like fuck this and she just kind of starts running. Well, I mean, I really felt for her in that mo <laughs> moment in the sense that it's like okay now 
no matter where she is, she it feels unsafe. It feels safe and unsafe inside the house. It feels unsafe outside sure. of the house. But she's like having this dilemma of like, do I stay here and wait? Do I go out and try to find my yeah, boyfriend like, that maybe just got shot? Like, <laughs> I feel for her headspace. The thing I don't like is, and I rewound this because I thought, oh, maybe they like set up a trap or something. Yeah, but the trip. Se- seemingly, going? she just trips on nothing. Yep. Uh, this is a horror movie trope that needs to die. Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> I do agree. It's bad. I, 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 re- I literally rewound. I was like, what did she trip on? And, it, and the it's answer like, the answer was, it doesn't show you. You just see her from the waist up and she falls. Yeah. <laughs> she's <just> Which, like, <laughs> also, I just, you're telling me all of this time that she's been walking around this house, she couldn't have put on shoes. Like, I feel like if she was wearing shoes, maybe she wouldn't have twisted her ankle or had as bad of an injury. Like, I don't know. Because she was barefoot. And she's she now she's just like army crawling all over the place. <laughs> she goes to the barn. She tries to radio somebody. Her big plan is to just go help. Yeah. Uh, and, and she's yeah. again so loud. <laughs> Even when she's aware that like Dollface 2.0, the one with the black hair, is in the room, she's still just being incredibly loud. Kristen's very loud, especially when she gets her injury, and it drives me bonkers. <laughs> I think. uh the the killer the names they gave the killers are Dollface, Man in the Mask, and Pinup Girl. Oh, okay. I've literally been calling them Dollface and Dollface Two Point Yeah, the blonde is called Dollface, and the brunette is called Pinup Girl. I guess I don't know. The movie doesn't spell that out. It just says in the credits that's what they're called. Um, but it seems like Dollface is one of the more lesser involved characters yeah, like she just kind of floats around <laughs> yeah, she's like on a swing and... <laughs> uh, uh pinup girl's a little more involved she smashes the radio up uh kristen she drives the truck into their car yeah kristen just sort of army crawls back to the house and uh runs around she's hopping around she hides in a closet the man in the mask is just oh, kind of yeah. walking around actually so when she actually does crawl back to the house <laughs> if you notice there is a moment when she's you know, they they turn the power off, so the lights go out, and she suddenly doesn't have her limp anymore. Yeah. She's just, like, walking normally, and she sees the Max guy come in, but he doesn't see her. Right. So then she's able to get into the pantry, and she gets into the pantry quietly, but then, like, runs into a bunch of jars or something <laughs> and makes noise. Um, it's creepy though when the guy comes out and, like, just sits in the chair. And, like, <laughs> when he get- sits in the chair, he just sits there for a while, kind of like... Hmm. He's contemplating life, but he like <laughs> dead on looks at the pantry, but doesn't go to look into it. Yeah. And, you know, we get another jump scare, which I actually thought was pretty good of <laughs> him walking off frame. And then all of a sudden doll faces. <sighs> Maybe. There. I mean, even as a first time viewer, I was like, okay, here we go. And then, yep, there she is. <laughs> that just might be nostalgia for me. It scared me a lot when I watched it the first time. But... It's just like, it's one of those things where. If you're going to do your jump scare, you have to like be super clever with it now. It's like if someone's in a in a bathroom and they open the the mirror cabinet and they close it. And then you can't just have someone be behind them now. It has to be like two buried two layers deeper under that now where it's like they open the cabinet again and a hand shoots out of it or something. It's yeah. like you can't do that. And so for this, it's like he walks off screen. I'm like. I wonder if someone's going to pop up into frame. And she's like, Brr. Kristen's like, Brr. yeah. And then she screams. <laughs> this really this bit of action confused me because like they try to reach through the pantry. It seems like, I guess she fends them off a little bit. Uh, but well, I mean, she's, it just seems like she's holding the door and shaking it. <laughs> And like bust her hand through one of the panels, but yeah, my my note is hides in closet, 
doesn't work out. <laughs> but I think this is when they're in the kitchen, we get a lot of very slow. This is when she's got the. She's like toying with the knife. Yeah. And, and then she like pulls a tiny knife on her. And... Oh, yeah. Kristen finds like the dinkiest <laughs> knife ever and is like holding it out to her. But then she asks again, like, why are you doing this to us? Because she had already asked James that earlier. Yeah. And then and so this they... is the second time she's asking it. Yeah, we'll get it a third time later. <laughs> uh, she, I think she. She kind of starts to escape, but then I think at this point the man like tackles her and knocks her out. Oh, yeah. She runs to the back bedroom and then the lights come back on. So she starts peeking towards the hallway for some reason. And then he just full on like body slams her into the wall and <laughs> yeah. knocks her out. So she's just getting dragged down the hallway. Yeah, this, this scene goes on for a while. Uh, yes. Just her being dragged down the hall. It seems like she's. They had already brought James in too. Yeah, it seems like she's knocked out, but then she keeps trying to like claw. I thought we were going to get like a classic like fingernails like against the thing, but it kind of just, he just kind of drags her. And then right at the very end, she screams and it like cuts to black or whatever. She's like, (laughs) and then they're, they picks up with them. It's morning now, lights mm-hmm. coming in. They're both tied to the chairs. And they have her back in her bridesmaid's dress again and wearing <laughs> the ring. And I always kind of wondered what that choice was about because after she switched out of her dress, she put on her like flannel and jeans or whatever. Why would they put her back in the dress? Mm, I don't know. I guess they thought it was hot. <laughs> 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 I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe they were just like, oh, we, you should, you should wear this dress. <laughs> Or maybe it's a terrible continuity error and they just rolled with it. Oh, God, I hope it's not a continuity (laughs) error and that it was intentional in some way, but... No, I'm sure it was intentional. Uh, It's just just more of the killers doing really random shit. I guess you can kind of do the math of, like, feeling like, oh, if they changed her, that's kind of a a violating a little bit to think about. So there's that element to it. Uh, We get, like... Probably one of the more like iconic shots of the movie with the three of them like stood there. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Uh, in front of them. And I, I think this is where we finally get the, why are you doing this to us? Because you were home. And, yep. And then half the population gets chills, half the population sighs and rolls their eyes. Yeah, no, well, I was a part of the population that was freaking out because just the thought is just like, this, this could be you. This could be anybody. Yeah. The only reason we're here is because we saw you were here. And... I don't know that just the idea of that is very sure. scary to me. And again, I, I do think this movie kind of lives or dies on like whether you're willing to give yourself over to that. Yeah. Because if you do, it is a very terrifying scenario. If you're able to empathize with the characters and feel like you could be in their situation, it is very scary because the helplessness of it is very terrifying. Yeah. Like I would say like part of the reason I don't watch a lot of torture porn movies is because that is a pretty big fear of mine. Is being like in a helpless situation. Oh, I can't really watch like the saws and stuff. <laughs> yeah, to get me. or that like the hostile movies I've never oh, watched. <laughs> I, I watched one of those when I was probably way too young to be watching one of those, and that one kind of scarred me. That that was probably more disturbing though than scary. I did think they were gonna brutalize them a lot more than they did, especially because the, the movie opens with "There's blood everywhere." There's blood. Like, I thought <laughs> we were like gonna. I thought we were. They were really gonna go for it. It's feels weird to say this but i was a little disappointed by these kills i guess like it basically i the creepiest part is them taking their masks off because you can do the math of they're showing us their faces because they're gonna kill us it's over now like (laughs) 
if they're going to expose themselves that way, there's no way they're going to let you live on. Yeah. Even though Kristen's like begging and sobbing, like you can stop now. We won't tell anyone or whatever, like yeah. whatever she says. And I'm just like, oh, the, it's a very, the, it's over. And again, credit to the film for letting the audience do that math. It's a very fun thing of like, if you, if you I haven't seen your, like you've seen it in a lot of movies, like, I haven't seen your face. I don't know who you are. Like, I, I can't think of what movie it is, but I've definitely in a movie scene like, Someone go, I haven't seen your face and seen the other person go take their mask off. Of, well, now you have. So guess what? Uh, have you ever watched Hush? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I remember that from because she writes on the window or whatever, like, didn't see face, leave now, I won't call cops. Sure, sure, like sure. <laughs> yeah. I was, I mean, I, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of strangers DNA in Hush for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think if you like the strangers, the Hush is absolutely a movie you should watch. Uh, Mike Flanagan. It's uh, kind of the movie that broke him. I and mean, now, mm-hmm. now uh, we've gotten a lot of Mike. He's like uh, sort of our, he's our sli- slight horror king lately. <laughs> I mean, I like him. He, yeah. I, he seems like a nice guy. I haven't watched a lot of his stuff. I haven't watched like Haunting on Hill House, but I watched oh, uh, watched the one where they're on the island. I thought that one was pretty good. You uh, have to watch Hill House. Midnight, uh, what's it called? Midnight Mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, didn't, I haven't seen... Uh, I really wanted to watch. He had, he adapted Gerald's Game, the Stephen King book. Yes, and uh, I like the book, and I'm like, I need to watch that movie. Uh, the book is good. I mean, it I'm, has I'm the a lady Stephen from Hill House in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's it's probably Katie Siegel, right? It's uh, I can't remember her name. Um, because like his wife is in like all of his stuff. Oh, it's not her. <laughs> okay, but it's okay. So she plays Theo in Hill House, but it's her mom that's in Gerald's Game. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to watch that at some point, but. Yeah, Hush is absolutely a one-to-one. It's probably what I'm thinking of. I haven't seen Face, and he just takes the, the mask off. He's like, now you have. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> there's a lot of issues with that movie, too, though. Like, it is a fun watch, but there's yeah. things where it's like, eh. It's hard to write these movies. Like, I have a friend of mine, and she's working on a horror movie, and we were discussing the script, and she said something along the lines of, I'm just so tired of characters in horror movies being dumb. I want to write characters that are smart. And I'm like, it's hard, though, because- most horror movies, it's really hard to put the characters in a situation where if they think about it logically and intelligently, they can't just escape. Yeah. Uh, you have to really set up a, a no-win situation and think of every... Because there, because honestly, there is a subset of the horror audience that is kind of just watching horror with their arms folded, <laughs> waiting for the movie to fuck up. Yeah. Where they're just like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. you know and like it's even they don't immerse in it yeah like i wrote a psychological thriller type thing and as i'm writing it i'm thinking like well technically this character could do this and maybe get out of this situation but she doesn't i don't really explain why she i'm trying to see it from the audience's perspective but you just can't account for everything but back to this specific movie there are a lot of things that happen in this movie that are kind of like come on like mm-hmm. you probably could have handled that a little differently or, or like <laughs> i don't know just like her just tripping and falling and spraining her ankle for no reason is making so much well especially when you have these killers who are fucking with her like it seems like the easiest fix in the world to have them have set a trap or something and like a bear trap or something that she steps in and like fucks her ankle up or something i mean this movie's not very gory Mm-mm. i guess and again a that lot kind of, of implied yeah in addition to actual violence it goes hand in hand with it feeling like it's treating the subject matter somewhat respectfully Mm -hmm. but it is like i don't know it's it's weird but yeah so 
they uh, just like slowly push a knife into Jamie. <laughs> yeah, which, okay, so like I know you probably you thought it was probably a weak scene or whatever, but again, for me, if I were to put myself, I'm sitting next to the person I love. There's these masked people that have terrorized me all night, and now they're just going to slowly take turns stabbing us to death. What the, the scenario? <laughs> the scenario is scary. I think what hurts this scene for me personally is actually the acting. Uh, yeah, I like if you were that. having a knife slowly pushed into your chest, Jamie barely reacts, and he's just kind of like, and she's like, "No!" <laughs> like <laughs> I think I think there's a lot more screaming. There's a lot more like, "Stop, please, no!" Like I think you have to kind of just lean into because it's uncomfortable to watch when people are you know freaking out killed. like that like it's like it's not even a movie i like very much but have you ever seen uh texas chainsaw massacre i'm sure we've discussed mm-hmm. it before but it's like it is as much as i hate the climax of that movie it's kind of realistic that she just shrieks and shrieks and shrieks and i feel like you needed a little dash of that here at the end uh, maybe they're just so defeated i mean it is like eight o'clock in the morning and they haven't slept and they've been yeah. terrorized all night but it just their reactions felt a little weak to me i can uh, see that but yeah, it's it's terrifying. You're just sat there and there's, you're just watching the love of your life just be pincushioned slowly <laughs> and methodically. Uh, <laughs> it is the very slow, like, taking of turns of stabbing. Then like, I, I also like, how sharp is that knife that you can slowly press? I don't think you could just slowly press a knife into somebody <laughs> like that. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't know. But it's. I mean, from my my experiments, it doesn't quite work like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it does go in easier than I think, and it's super scary. Uh, but yeah, she she gets stabbed too. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of. I guess they throw them on the floor at some point. I don't know because it kind of just shows them on the floor. She <laughs> is alive still. Uh, Mike's phone's ringing, so she starts crawling down the hall. This. Oh, you saw, I think, a deleted scene. I I did watch the unrated version on YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah, because Uh, that, I think, wasn't in the theatrical version. I know what you're talking about, but... She gets up and starts crawling down the hall because the phone's ringing. Mm -hmm. She gets to it, like, right as it uh, stops ringing, and she's like, oh, no. And then she's like, oh, wait, I have a phone. I can dial. I was like, okay, she's realizing that. Good for you. I mean, she's probably lost, like, gallons of blood at this point. So, at this point, I'm not going to fault her logic, uh, but... The guy just walks back in and just very casually goes, give me, and just takes the phone and just walks out. And she just rolls onto her back and like dies. I was like, <laughs> and I laugh. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I laughed <laughs> just because of the beat, the, the comedic timing of it is funny. Oh yeah. She's like dying, like... trying to like dial this phone. And he just very casually, boom, boom, boom. I'll be having that. All right have fun dying and just like walks out yeah. i was just like good lord i mean it's kind of creepy in the fact that he's like oh i don't need to finish her off he's like yeah she's gonna die yeah which is cool I-, I like that choice um we see them driving away in the truck they pass the mormon jehovah's witness kids we get the mo- moment walking their bikes i just want to know why they walk their bikes <laughs> and they don't ride their bikes yeah i don't know maybe they're maybe uh getting a little chafed <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I- <laughs> sometimes when i've been riding my bike a lot Sometimes you actually kind of need a break. Uh, that makes sense. And they apparently are out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so we get the whole exchange. Are you a sinner? Sometimes. Sometimes. It'll be easier next time. They drive off. The kids just kind of wander around the house. I don't know if this is in your version. Yeah, uh, no, they did. And I don't know if they just like noticed the destruction of the vehicles from outside. And that's what caused them to be Because like, they had the yeah, doors like go. a jar or whatever. One of them comes up to 
to uh, Kristen and she jump final jump scare to close the movie out. She's like, yeah, no, I did always kind of hate that shot because I was like, so is she dead or is she alive? You left us with her screaming at this poor little boy that was trying to like, I don't know. What was he trying to do? Touch her? Like, I, I mean, maybe check to see if she was alive. Okay, I guess that could be. But it's just like he's just like slowly leaning his hand towards her and then she she snags it, which like I thought your eyes were closed. But I'm. It, it's kind of dumb. Uh, uh, so I don't love the last shot, but I do like how they incorporated all of the beginning shots of just like, you know, parts of the murder scene like the the bloody knife and the gun you know sure. those were all the same shots that they showed during the 911 call in the beginning of the movie so i thought that was a fun little little yeah it, it it has slight shades of halloween with the mm -hmm. shots of the empty rooms where you're seeing the bits and pieces and like i said even when they're being stabbed it keeps cutting to shots outdoors of just mm -hmm. the empty nothing or whatever no one's here to save you you're doomed or whatever and yeah it's it's spooky if you give yourself over to it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, the final jump scare is pretty goofy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I always hated that part. I wish that they would have done something different than that, but I can see how movies want to like go out with a bang and leave everybody with one last really loud noise and scare. But it's also like with, again, you said maybe this is only in the unrated version, but if your final thing is him leaving her to bleed out, kind of undercuts it by having her wake up and scream. Yes. It's a lot I more. Think I, that's why they cut that scene. Yeah, because it's a lot more effective if she's dead. Like he, she really did just bleed out there, mm -hmm. seconds away from maybe being able to call for help or whatever. So it makes it more tragic, I guess. Yeah, because again, <laughs> once again, she's just absolutely helpless. Like there's nothing that she can do. So yeah, her waking up, it's like okay, well now she's if she's like alive, she's clearly going to get saved because these little boys are found her and they're calling nine one one. So. Yeah, it kind of takes away some of the, the like the punch in the end. It's also like, how are the boys calling nine and one? Do they have cell phones? Are I they don't are, know. are they twelve year old Mormon boys with cell phones? Did they the, run to a payphone that James and Kristen should have ran to <laughs> last night? Uh, I don't love. I think they if if the, even more than the final jump scare scream, I would have cut the nine one one call because it kind of sets up something that doesn't really like. Literally, you hear a little boy screaming about how there's blood everywhere. And then, yeah, I'm sure the living room's kind of messy with her crawling around, but it's like, I was expecting like a blood, like a from the Dexter show, like with the oh. blood so thick that it's coming up to your ankles or something, which is why I thought there was going to be more like assault in the movie, but instead of like the slow stabs. <laughs> well, I suppose that all the blood on the wall from Mike's head, that was, yeah, that was a lot of blood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think you, uh, they say head wounds bleed a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, I would say. <laughs> uh, I just like the, the energy of the kids at the end didn't match the energy of the phone call. Yeah. But I'm like, maybe they're, you're, you would be in shock if you walked in on that. Well, or, and I guess also if they did make the 911 call after Kristen just screamed in their face, like <laughs> I would be kind of scared too. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that's, that's the end of the movie. I, like I said, I, my notes are pretty sparse. Uh, I glossed over a lot. Is there anything that I didn't hit that you were wanting to talk a little bit more about? No, I think I brought up everything that I, I think I filled the gaps. I, I realized because I was joking about the two. There's, there's literally like five characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I like Liv Tyler. I've always liked her and everything I've seen her in. I think she does a pretty serviceable job in this movie. She's not quite giving as good as like our best scream queens, in my opinion. I, I think there's like, I mean, she's 
awesome in acting, but there's almost, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, once she was in Lord of the Rings, it's hard to see her as anything like this, like ethereal, otherworldly elf woman. And to see her just sort of running around tripping and in distress, it feels a little weird, I guess. See, that also <laughs> might be just where we're very different watchers and that I've never, I've never been able to stay awake. Through that. Oh, so I, I this is yeah I know don't come for me but you know, <laughs> this is the first thing I've seen Liv Tyler in okay so you guess that's kind of how I associate her and to me like she comes across as just like a very vulnerable I think she's yeah like yeah. her vulnerability is very evident and at least in some ways like I can just like deeply resonate with her fear in it yeah because I would be scared shitless too I think for me, it's like I watch something like this and I imagine someone like a, a Nev Campbell or uh, someone like that instead. I'm like, hmm, my, I don't know. She's just like so ethereal. But again, it, it's only because like I've seen the Lord of the Rings movies that maybe that's so in my head. Because I mean, she's in Super and she's like a heroin junkie in Super and mm-hmm. I think it kind of works. Uh, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of like, because she's in Jersey Girls, the one that she's in. I always think she's in another movie I, I always think she's in uh goodwill hunting but i get her confused with whoever the other person in goodwill hunting is <laughs> you know what i'm talking about have you no. seen goodwill hunting <laughs> i haven't you've never seen goodwill hunting no, i haven't holy shit that's such a good movie oh god i love that movie Good you've never Will seen goodwill hunting. hunting no i haven't good lord uh mini driver i get Liv tyler confused with mini driver for some reason mm. and like when you look at their face side by side it's not the same but God, Good Will Hunting, that's a good fucking movie. Yeah, I'm gonna have uh, to look that one up. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I don't know if it would be a good movie to react to for your channel. But maybe. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's some stellar scenes <laughs> like the. I mean, even you have to. It's so zeitgeisty that you know the. It's not your fault, right? Like that resonates with you. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> but that, God, that movie's really good. It's like, regardless of how you feel about Affleck and Damon. When did it, it come out? Uh, I want to say 97. Oh, okay. I just had it up because I was trying to figure out who the fuck was. Yeah, <laughs> 97, Mini Driver. I get Mini Driver and Liv Tyler confused. People are probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of Robin Williams' best movies, uh, IMO. Oh, uh, okay. But... I need to go and watch that right now. <laughs> he's so good in it. <laughs> uh, he's got some, phew, man, I'm not. I'm going to stop talking about it. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, and then Scott Speedman, he's serviceable. Um, he's a handsome man. I was joking with you before we started the podcast that he, the thing I knew him from was the <laughs> Underworld movies, which he just abandoned that franchise for no reason. That's so odd. And it's just like when you look up his career, you're like, why? What were you doing in what, the meantime? <laughs> what else did you have going on? <laughs> you were like a half liking badass, and now you're just like, what are you up to? I'm sure he's doing fine. Maybe he just... <sighs> I don't know. Didn't feel like acting anymore. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell Scott Speedman how to live his life. He's, he's more <laughs> successful than I am. So yeah, no, this was the first <laughs> film I had seen him in too. But yeah, and then the strangers. I mean, they're just kind of there to wander around, so they were fine. When you look them up, it doesn't seem like they've been in a lot. But I, I think it's like a pretty competently made movie. It's a pretty competently acted movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of low budget horror, and it does. It's well made in the sense that when i watch i've seen low budget horror and just you just see all the cracks in the seams but this is competently made everyone's doing at least a serviceable job i think some of the logic holes are quite wide uh but it's (laughs) i don't know it didn't terrify me but for me like i said it's like 
only really like the supernatural stuff super gets under my skin. It's like the realistic stuff. I'm always just kind of like, hmm. I'm just sort of observing it. And it's like, I really like slasher movies, but I don't watch slasher movies because they scare me. I, I just like watching characters run around and try to survive. Yeah, and it's no, just, that's really interesting because I think that I'm just kind of the complete opposite. Like ghosts and that kind of stuff, like, you know, it's weird, scary, whatever. But it's like the things that could be real life, like could happen to me. It, yeah, I guess we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum in that the tangibility of something takes away a little bit of the horror for yeah. me. And that, yes, it is scary that some psycho could just, like, I've literally had the thought, like, when I've come home to our house after we haven't been in it for, like, a couple days or something, like, maybe we were gone. It's like, someone could just be in the closet. Like, literally, if one psycho decides, like, I'm going to go wait in this person's closet until they go to sleep and then stab them. Like, someone could do that. Yeah. Like, you could do that. You could go do that to somebody else if you so chose. Because they were home. <laughs> yeah. And so it is, I, I understand the fear of that. But it's also like, I think it's like if you can touch the horror, there's something where I feel like there's always a chance to fight back, where it's like the ghosty demon stuff where there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Is the part where I'm just kind of like, ugh, it's relentless. It never stops or whatever. Where it's just like, I could shoot the goofy girl in the swing <laughs> like if i was scott speedman i'm just i'm coming out and then i started blasting <laughs> so then i started blasting <laughs> like I'm, I'm just fucking putting holes in everything uh i mean i know it's only like a two slug shotgun or whatever but they didn't seem to have guns like yeah no, they, they were very supremely confident in their ability to just handle this i guess <laughs> i think they used all weapons that were found in the house pretty like, much they had the knife the axe <laughs> their vehicles and then eventually the gun and it is spooky in the sense that um and not to get on a really morbid topic but it feels like the characters in this movie almost are view they're obviously viewing this as a game yeah and i think that's a lot of what goes through the, the head of like you know we have a very big epidemic of mass shootings mm -hmm. in this country and, you know, when you, like, read the manifestos of, like, the Columbine shooters and stuff like that, or you read the 4chan posts of somebody that, like, goes and kills a bunch of people, they do, they almost see life as a video game. <laughs> and, like, the strangers were basically like, oh, we're going to put, we're going to play on hard mode. We're not even going to show up with any weapon. <laughs> we can only use shit we find at the place. It's almost like they had a meeting beforehand where they're like, how are we going to make this one more difficult and fun? <laughs> yeah or like how are we gonna make this this much more terrifying for these people it is very funny that you don't see a lot of serial killer movies where they use guns <laughs> yeah i always it was funny there's like a clip from terrifier where someone finally gets the upper hand on him and they're like what are you gonna do now bitch and he just pulls out a handgun and shoots her and like it was like really novel for some reason <laughs> it was like the new trailer for ghostface he gets a gun at some point and it's supposed to be like ooh. Ghostface has a gun because we so associate him with the knives yeah. and stuff like that. Didn't he used to have like a hook in one of them or something? I think that's the I know what you did last summer guy. Oh. I think I think they're hook based. I don't remember for sure though. Um, but it is funny how much we want to have our horror and stuff, but we also just completely shy away from the real life of it's like, yeah, we love true crime and all that stuff, but we're also just there's this whole big chunk of society where schools are getting shot up and all this stuff and we're just like oh, but none of that none of that <laughs> like that stays out of our movies we're not worrying about that we'll have like a movie with called the fallout with jenna ortega where they deal with the after effects but that's about as much as we touch that subject it's it's 
really weird. And I get, I don't want to make a mass shooting movie. No. Uh, <laughs> like it's something Scary. I hate thinking about, but uh, you know, it is like more than supernatural horror, more than creepy man hanging out in my closet wanting to stab me. I'm like, if I go to Walmart at a certain time of day, am I just going to get catch a bullet? Like, yeah. that's like the true life terror for me. No, there was days. a mass shooting that happened today somewhere. I saw like a brief news headline. Yeah, when this episode comes out, it'll still be a relevant thing that you said that. <laughs> it happens like every fucking day. I know. <laughs> it's, it's sad. It's super, but it's funny that where we've like really avoided that in horror. You would think like for all the people that are okay with making these tasteless Sharon Tate movies and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm surprised someone hasn't just done the mass shooter movie. <laughs> oh no. I, I, see, I guess some ways people can get away with remaking stories about truly tragic events, but I don't think there's any way that you could get people behind a film about a school shooting without it just being taken disrespectfully. Yeah. I think there was like a, a right wing movie recently where it's like a kid shows up to the school with a gun and then another girl had a gun too. And so she like fights back or something. I don't know, but it was like a daily wire sponsored film. And I was like, oh. <laughs> not that I'm trying to get political on the show, but I mean, fuck daily wire. I hate them so much. I hate Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but anyway, the strangers, uh, I don't ask my guests to rate films anymore, so you feel free. If you want to rate it, you're more than welcome to. But if you're like, I don't know what to say, then feel free to pass the buck. That's totally fine. Well, like I told you before, when I made myself watch this critically, it isn't. I don't rate it the same way as when I watch it just because I think it's a fun horror movie. In the past, I was like, A+. plus. There is nothing wrong with this film. <laughs> it is so scary. But now I would say it's like C plus B minus in there. That's okay. where I would put it for me. Cause Objectively, but you still really like the movie. Yes, because, I mean, I just love that it. the idea is so simple yet very effective mm-hmm. for me. So For you, like, even on this recent watch, I mean, I am curious. Like, yeah, you like it because it's, like, simple and effective, but do you... Like, is there anything else that really, I mean, is it like your favorite horror movie or like where, and, and, and if so, even if it's in like that top 10, potentially, what is it about the film that really makes it sing so much? Is it just the simplicity of it? The fact that you engage with the horror of it? Or is it just like, I mean, you really like Liv Taylor as, as the lead character or? Um, I mean, honestly, is, I is think Chris, is Kristen a top tier no, screen queen no, 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 no. for you? <laughs> no, she makes too much noise. Um, <laughs> but no, so I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite horror movie, but it's definitely probably in my top five. And I think it is because it really does cater to the things that I fear most. And mm-hmm. so it's like I can see why some people think it's silly and think it's like not good and stuff like that. And there are things that don't work. I realize that now. Sure, like, sure. if we're looking at it objectively, there are things that could be better. But for me, the adrenaline and the enjoyment that I get from getting scared from a movie like this, because it does genuinely scare me, that outweighs, I guess, the... I'm curious, the like, and maybe this is something that would have been more appropriate to talk about at the top of the episode, but now that we're here, like... I mean, I'd love for you to walk me through your experience watching it last night. Like, 
you don't have to go blow by blow, but like when this movie ends, are you, do you have to come down from that? Are you watching like goofy stuff on YouTube to sort of like actually be able to get to sleep? Are you super freaked out after you watch this or are you still jumping when you watch it? No. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm a bad example because I tr- I've seen this movie so many sure, times. Sure, sure. This was the movie that whenever I would get together with my friends and we'd be like, let's watch a scary movie. This is what I would <laughs> suggest because for me, it's just scared the ever-loving shit out of me. So it's like I need we don't everybody talk to, Shelby to anymore. <laughs> have you heard that voice that she does for us? Camera <laughs> <laughs> <Hammer> here. <laughs> no. So I don't know. It's just I, I definitely discovered recently that it doesn't hit the same way as it used to. But no, I wouldn't say that it scares me anymore. I just I know what's coming. Sure. I, I, I'm desensitized to it at this point. But if I were to not watch it for a very long time and watch it again like new, it probably would still get to me. It's If you've watched it that many times, I guess it's, I always say with movies like True Romance is one of my go to's where I say there's scenes in that that don't quite aren't as good as they could be or there's like slight plot holes or things that maybe don't quite come together but once you watch a movie enough it gets so tattooed into your brain that you kind of just crave that experience mm-hmm. over and over again and i could see i mean this is a very like atmospheric vibey movie and mm-hmm. it's very short too the movie's like 85 minutes long yeah no it's uh, <laughs> like i think an hour and 25 minutes it's like uh, barely a feature film yeah that's always fun for me for the show is like when i queue up the movie and i'm like oh cool <laughs> 80 minutes this is <laughs> awesome <laughs> look through this real quick but yeah so for me um if you guys have never tuned into the show before welcome i guess on the strangers episode <laughs> 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 it's like the only reason people would maybe be this would be their first episode is, is if they're fans of yours and this is the one they're tuning into but there's other episodes that you can listen to uh, but if this is your first one, I have a grading curve that I do on the show. Um, theoretically, I'm watching some of the greatest movies of all time. For example, one of the first films I ever watched for the show is The Godfather. Which I would not put these two films in the same right. same like category of goodness by, by any means. <laughs> uh, I gave The Godfather an 8.5 out of 10. I think in real life, that's a 10 out of 10 movie. So it kind of gives you an example of what the curve I'm grading on is. Although I've been really all over the place lately. Like, I feel like lately I've been like giving stuff scores and then basically giving it the same score on Letterboxd. I don't know. Uh, where's that land? The strangers. I wasn't terribly thrilled by this movie. I think it's pretty well made. It has a lot of detractors. Um, one of my favorite YouTubers is uh, your movie sucks. I watched his video on it. Cause I noticed when I went on Letterboxd, he gave it a half a star out of five. <laughs> and I was like, I went and watched his video and I was like, I see what you're saying, but you're being a little unnecessarily harsh and also it's funny because he's like she lied about the cigarettes and then you're like no they planted the cigarette i'm like oh it looks like you missed on a little detail there bud uh but i'm not going to be that hard on the movie it didn't knock my socks off but it's also like such a breezy watch and it's well made enough um it's just like it really rides the line i love a slow burn but it kind of the tension i don't know if it's because i just knew of the inevitability of it all almost and maybe that hurt a little bit in the sense that i was like well they're gonna die <laughs> i mean the movie basically opens by being like yeah these people fucking died and you're yeah. about to watch it and it's like it kind of takes away the slow burn tension of it because i'm not you what know I'm, what's gonna happen yeah it's like if, if you want to have a slow burn you need to have an audience not be sure what's gonna happen uh and it kind of takes that away so 
as much as I like a slow burn, the movie feels a little slow to me, mm. not in a good way at times, but yeah, it's, it's decent. I don't know. A five feels kind of harsh, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, I'm going to give it a five out of 10, which on this show isn't the worst score of all time. Um, but it's also not great. But honestly, I, I, I wasn't super blown away by it. But I wasn't like hating my life watching this movie either. Yeah. And it was really, I'm really glad you suggested it because, again, like I said, this is a movie that a lot of people have strong opinions on. And you either I, like it or you kind of hate it. <laughs> I feel a lot better having watched it for real, just sat down and gave it my time and been like, okay, that's what this movie was. Mm-hmm. It's almost a shame though, because it's the hype around it both positive and negative is so big when you watch the movie and it's like pretty well done. Uh, like didn't blow me away, but it wasn't like a piece of shit either. It was almost like my expectations were skewed both directions where I was like, this is going to be either awful or really good. And it was like, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's also like we talked about up top comes down to, did you think it was scary? Did you think it was funny? And and horror and comedy, they just live or die on that. I wasn't mm-hmm. terrified. Maybe tonight I'll be laying down and I'll be like, mm. oh, and I'll hear like a knock on the door and maybe I'll, maybe the hair on the back of my neck will raise and I'll be like, oh, maybe the movie actually got under my skin more than I thought. I don't know. Yeah, I'll come knocking on your door at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be awake because I'm always awake at 4 a.m. Come but asking for Tamara. I will say I, part of, uh, I, there, there is a little voice in the back of my head sometimes the fact that I stay up so late most nights I'm like yeah never gonna get the drop on me try to come in my house at 3am I'm sitting here playing computer games man uh, <laughs> but, or I'm editing or something uh, or I'm podcasting on leaving Las Vegas drunkenly <laughs> but yeah five and and I, hopefully you don't feel like I'm throwing shade towards you by, no because uh, I, 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 you texted me nervously a couple times like how did you feel about the movie and I'm like I haven't watched it yet because I've been in the reverse situation like very recently on the show did a, one of my favorite movies of all time with a friend seven psychopaths and he had some issues mm-hmm. with the film and i was like i understand what you're saying i was just like kind of sat here like I, I get it i get what you're saying but don't you think this part's kind of funny and he'd be like ah, maybe and i'd be like i think it's so yeah. funny uh- <laughs> no it's tough like when you're talking to somebody that doesn't like the thing that you like but no i totally respect your opinion i mean <laughs> everything scares people differently there's certain films that just hit with you and certain films that don't i have plenty of films that people like that i don't that's why i like having that's why i like having guests on the show with a different perspective like i i really can understand what your viewing experience is like and i think you share that with a lot i think more people are probably in your camp than they are in my camp like no one's in my no one seems to think this is a mediocre movie they either hate it or love it yeah uh so <laughs> i think more people would tend to agree with you uh so i think you should should at least feel some validation there <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well i mean i'm still gonna like it no matter what but i also too like it is at this point a nostalgia thing mm-hmm. as well to me because i saw this in theaters when it first came out would have like, been a great theater watch for yeah. sure i do think that would have changed a little bit for me too i think when you're just sat there and you don't ha- and it just even the one thing I will say one thing that's nice about watching movies on my phone is I'm not distracted by my phone. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> anytime I would try to watch a movie on like my PlayStation or my computer, my phone will be there. And I'll be like, eh, let me Google this real quick. Or, <laughs> I mean, what's this guy from? When I'm on my phone, I'm like, well, I'm watching the movie. Uh, so <laughs> Suddenly you're on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> not Twitter anymore. I got banned. Uh, what? <laughs> so, someone hacked my account and oh. uh, made a bunch of like crypto bro tweets and then 
I got. I, I'm still trying to get my account unsuspended. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Uh, Ooh, that's annoying. I never get on Twitter anyway, but it's still like, yeah, I'm not Twitter, <laughs> Instagram a little bit, Facebook a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I I rented this movie on YouTube. Nice. Uh, it's not available anywhere. I, I got it on Amazon, but I also I I bought the movie. <laughs> Did you like on Amazon? <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's something that I if this tells you my feelings towards it, it's something that I know that I will watch again. Nice. Yeah. I'm bad about buying stuff digitally. I think I, I think the only movie I own on Amazon is Martyrs. <laughs> <laughs> Such an odd choice. I think it was like Literally, the rental was like $4 and buying it was like $5. Oh, and I was well, like, yeah, at that point. <laughs> uh, I like that movie. It's really fucked up. But have you ever seen Martyrs, the original? I heard it was fucked up, so I, I don't. I didn't venture to. It is. Uh, uh, I was just talking about this movie with some friends recently. Uh, when I, I guessed it on a podcast recently, which look out for uh, Steel City Screams. I'll, I'll be on an episode at some point. <laughs> uh, we were talking about fucked up movies. And I was like, Martyrs is like top tier fucked up for me, but I haven't seen some of like the truly fucked up movies, like the Serbian films and the Sallow 120 Days. Like, because I'm like, why is would that I? On the same level as like the Human Centipede. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Where the like the thing with Martyrs is like it had a thing that I like about Martyrs is it has a point to its fucked upness, whereas all those other movies just seem to be fucked up for the sake of being fucked up uh so i'm saying fucked up a lot <laughs> but it's like martyrs and then ironically uh and this will roll right into recommendations um the director of another movie that i think is probably one of the, not even so much that the movie was fucked up it's just one of the more harder to watch movies that i've ever seen and this guy makes nothing but hard to watch movies and that's mikhail haneke uh one of my recommendations for the show is funny games i've only seen the american version but i think if you like the strangers i have to imagine you would like funny games I was telling Shelby before we started, there's one thing that happens in the movie that might turn some people off, but I like the metaphor of it. And I think it works. If you like uh randos invading an innocent family's house genre, funny games, there's the American version. And there's, I think Aust Austrian is, or German is the original language film. People seem to like the original better, but I don't know. Uh, Mikkel Haneke also made a movie called a more. You ever seen that movie? Mm -hmm. It's basically this movie about this old couple and the wife, her health just starts degrading very quickly and you just kind of watch it happen. And oh. it, it was like a movie I had to take a break in the middle of because I was like, this is hard to watch and it never lets up. It's just unrelenting, awful. Uh, and that's just Haneke. He also has a movie called The Piano Teacher that I've done for the show and it's a super fucked up movie. <laughs> he, just, he makes nothing but fucked up movies, but they're really well made. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I will say if you want something a little lighter uh, and you want some like people in mass attacking a place, I'll say you're next. Um, I think that's a more fun movie if you guys are looking for that kind of genre. Or um, if you want to watch something that's still going to put you on, like you either really like it and can look past all of the the issues or you really hate it would be hush on Netflix. hush i think hush is a really good recommendation in conjunction with strangers uh there's a lot of issues but it's still entertaining and i can get behind the spookies on it i will say mass people invading a house movies that suck the purge avoid that at all costs that movie is atrocious it <laughs> has so many issues <laughs> but yeah hush is good your next is a lot of fun it's a little bit more it seems like it's going to be a horror movie, and then it takes a bit of a turn, which kind of spoilery, I guess, for Hush, or for your next. Uh, 
But yeah, funny games, I think. Is there anything you want to recommend? Just hush. Just Let hush. me know if you love it or hate it. You guys it. just need to hush and listen. Yeah, <laughs> hush and listen to me talk. It's a fun premise. Hush is a fun premise. It's yeah. like a home invasion movie, but the protagonist is deaf. Yep. Which shout out to my deaf brethren. Uh, <laughs> I'm not fully deaf, but I just I felt for her. Uh, I'm also like, why are you in a, alone in a cabin when you're deaf? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, last but not least, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I mean, as usual, just my YouTube channel. It's Shelby Nave on YouTube. That's where I post the majority of my stuff. You can follow me on Instagram. I'll post highlights on TikTok every now and again. You oh, okay. Know, that you're hit, hitting the whole spectrum like you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, no, just all the socials. Shelby Nave. You'll find me there. Yeah, you guys will see her uh, name in the title. That's what her YouTube channel is called. And you guys should check out her YouTube channel because not only is it great and well done, but if you yeah. like listening to the show... How could you not like watching Shelby watch movies for the very first time and react to them? I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. I like legitimately like even if we weren't friends, I would still enjoy your content. Like I, whenever you post a new, uh, like when the dust till dawn. When I was refreshing my YouTube, like I open YouTube and it's like your face going ah, and it's <laughs> it's dust till dawn. I was like, holy fucking shit. My next 30 minutes is booked. Like, I can't wait to watch this. Like, I, I get so thrilled, especially when you watch movies that I've seen. Right. I was very sad. And I'm sure you saw it in the comments, like in the opening when you were like reading the description and you said vampires. It's like, uh, part of the fun of that movie is not knowing that it turns into a vampire movie. But you know, it's, it's hard to avoid. That. A lot of people have told me they're like, you shouldn't read the movie description before you watch it. And that was just something I've always done. Right. Like, Anytime I go in to watch a new movie, I think I generally it's fine. It's just with Dust Till Dawn, yeah. you only get the one shot at being lured into this crime movie and then having it take this insane left Complete turn. Complete 180. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, I love movies that take a hard left turn. And it's it's funny because like I want to name a couple, but I'm like, that's spoilery mm -hmm. to name a, saying that this movie takes a hard left turn is kind of spoiling the hard left turn. Mm -hmm. Ironically, Martyrs, uh, a movie Ooh, that takes okay. a hard left turn. Uh, Room, another movie I, I quite like. Uh, some people don't love the hard left turn in that. I did, actually. Uh, but controversial, but it's a good movie. Uh, not The Room, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Room. <laughs> there's nothing but left turns in that movie. Uh, yeah, no, there's no straight and narrow in that movie at all. It is all left turns. Uh, Brie Larson, Jeffrey Tremblay, I think. Uh, <laughs> room, just room. It's a good movie. Uh, but yeah, so you guys really should check her channel out. Uh, it's very well done. I, I am in utter admiration every time I watch one of your videos in the sense, like even a movie that I know really well, I somehow just am like, you somehow condense the movies down to 20 minutes in a way where I don't feel like you left anything out. Oh, that's it's, so nice to hear. <laughs> I think one of the big ones is I've never seen uh, the, God, I'm forgetting the name of the movie where he's a pacifist, but he joins the army. Hacksaw oh, Ridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it, but somehow watching your video, I felt like I had watched the movie. Yeah. And like, it's just, and I, and I would, st you would still want to go watch the movie and experience it for yourself. But I just, I'm very impressed with your editing prowess I, I i genuinely am just like god how does she do this like it, she always makes me feel like i watched the entire movie in like I, 20 minutes somehow <laughs> i really really appreciate that because it takes me a long time to edit my movies or my movie commentaries down just because yeah it's a whole ass movie that i'm trying to squeeze into 30 minutes and 
yeah, so it it takes it takes a lot of time. So I really appreciate yeah. that. My my upload schedule has been a little sporadic, but that's just because I got a new job and I've been busy and yeah, it is but, what it is. Like yeah. people, there's and there's plenty of content for people to consume in the meantime. Yeah, uh, I think one of my favorites recently was you covered misery. And oh, yeah, that was so great. There was a very specific scene that I was like the entire time I was watching the video. I was like, I'm loving her reactions to all of this. And you even were like shining light on certain things that, cause I'm so familiar with the movie at this point when sh she starts to crack a little bit and you were like picking up on it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that is really well done. I'm glad she's picking up on that. But I was waiting for the hobbling scene. And then when mm -hmm. it came, I was just like, can't wait to hear Shelby just shriek. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I did. I either shriek or I'm just in complete shock silence. I, I just love I love how uh invested you get. Like the hacksaw ridge, you were so upset for him <laughs> the entire you're just like, leave him alone. He's just trying to he wants to help. Like I was just like, Yeah, leave him alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, I'm a Pisces, I'm an emotional person. I feed off of other people's energies. <laughs> but it's super fun. And you even covered a couple of movies uh, we've done for the show. Yep. We've done Hannah. I think when you did Mean Streets, we lined up that in conjunction and all that. So We should do that again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, people, you should check out her channel. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched Shelby's YouTube channel, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> uh, like, like I, I, I love the people that are on my show. I love doing this show, but go consume some professional content that's actually really well done. Oh my gosh, hardly. It's <laughs> but, a glorified hobby. But, but again, it's also like the, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're experiencing movies for the first time. Yeah, so just, I just can't imagine that it wouldn't be up people's alley if they're listening to this. Absolutely. Like why they wouldn't enjoy that. So they really should check it out. But it was so great to have you back on. It's been yes. too long. Uh, I'm glad we got to connect on this. We'll have to t take less of a break next time and have you back on again. Kind of, I've been talking to a few people recently and been like, people, if you're listening, you might start seeing some of the same faces on a little more often because I'm starting to hit a groove with like certain guests where I'm like, we vibe well. I feel like we've got a good thing going. And so, because I've had people be like, well, you don't want me coming on your show. Like, all the time i'm like no i do actually <laughs> i really do i hate i hate doing i've officially gotten to the point where i hate fucking doing the show alone uh so i'd it's rather to banter i'd rather have the same person on like three times in a row than do a, an alone episode so mm -hmm. prepare for that guys like justin will be back me and justin already got another one coming i've been talking to robert about coming back on the show uh so you're always welcome on anytime shelby but i also know you're incredibly fucking busy so uh <laughs> it's such I will a always I'm, make time for you and you feel free to double text me. You can bother me. I am a terrible texter. And so anytime. No, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all the time you've given us today. Can't believe we managed to stretch an 80 minute movie out to two hours. But hey, I have a lot to say. <laughs> but yeah, go check out Shelby. Thank you guys so much for listening. I, I didn't even realize it was two hours. Holy shit. It just flew by. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'll leave it here, guys. I'll, uh, as I unfortunately always say at the end of every episode, I'll catch you all on the flip flop later what song am i going to play at the end of this one there's like a couple needle drops i guess i'll just uh figure out which of the records i'm going to play i've been playing music at the end of my episodes lately and i kind of like it but it wasn't anything that super stuck out to me maybe that shitty country song i'll just yeah i was gonna on. say what would be a theme song from this movie and it would have to be just something it has to be one of the record things yeah. that you played so <laughs> we'll see what i find guys but seriously i'll catch you all later bye mama couldn't hold me anymore I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. 
No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. So late in the morning.